0: what radio the music you want know. with your host you dan you smell kind of pretty want to smell me Radio-what.com. what's up party people it's keys dan with RadioWhat.com, what.com dj coming to you live in a limited color from the radio what studios and this is my podcast what makes you famous it's an extension of the radio what.com internet radio station that i've been running for quite some time and if you need dj services where do i always send you DJLittleRock.com. One more time, DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me at your next events. You know I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Are you not entertained? Let me entertain you. Speaking of entertainment, today on the program, I have the Caitlin May. Oh, you know that name. Oh, you've seen her online and through cruising through your social media well if you've been following me around and if you've been in my radio what listeners group you've seen caitlin may and hopefully you've heard caitlin may but uh you're gonna hear a little bit more about caitlin may that fiery redhead out of the uk in the next few minutes so stick around this week's shows let's see i have the one public show My usual Friday night gig at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. The video dance party karaoke jam. Yes, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show. (laughs) They got a full bar. The kitchen's open. Pool tables. They got a pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you want to try your hand at playing pool, I encourage you to check out the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. That's from 8 p.m. until 1230 in the AM. You're the stars of the show. A little concert starring each and every one of you. Yeah, my one public gig this week, Friday night. You're invited. Come on, it's the rab Friday night, five from eight thirty uh, from eight until twelve thirty in the am. And then on Saturday, oh, I have a wedding on Saturday. I'm so excited down in Benton, Arkansas. But unless you're invited, you cannot come. Why am I saying it? Because it's wedding season, and I get to be a part of another wedding. So beautiful. It's um, you know, they, they get to plan with me that they tell me what kind of music they want to hear, how they want the night to go. And it's my job to help to achieve that goal, to, to make sure that they get the best night possible. And I'm so happy. I I'm I'm privileged and I'm honored that they've uh, instilled in me that confidence uh, to let me be a part of the day. Cause there's no second chance. There's only one show. And that's your one one wedding day. One wedding day. You hear me out there? One. I know. Sometimes things don't work out. But hopefully one wedding day and I'll be your wedding DJ. I'm so excited. All right. That's enough intro. Let's get into it with uh, Caitlin May. Oh, I'm so stoked. I got her on Skype. So if you're listening to the audio version of this, I encourage you to check out the video version on my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash keys. Dan. Skyping Caitlin May now.
1: It's this white light. I just look like a moon. Because I'm, already, because I'm already very pale. And then you put a white light on me, and I'm just like Casper, the ghost.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, as I live and breathe, the vapors, Caitlin May on my video screen. Oh, for those that are listening to the audio version of this, I encourage you most definitely to check out the video version on my YouTube page because there's Caitlin May right there. Oh, you. Oh, Caitlin May. All right, I'm going to sound like a, a weird old man because I've been stalking you for the last few years, it seems. Uh, you've been doing this for four years since you were a teenager, since before you were out of school, out of grade school, out of primary school, out of, uh, what is it, the secondary school? All right, I'm kind of an Anglophile, so uh, I do like all things British, all things English, all things from the UK. I'm a fan of Doctor Who. James Bond, uh, uh, J- uh Baker, Tom Baker's is my doctor. Number four. Doctor number four. Oh, that's my doctor. So- I had the scarf when I was a little kid in the 70s running around. That's back in the 1900s for you kids out there. Yes. I
1: was, I was in an episode of Doctor Who somewhere along the way.
0: Okay. Now that and I- that is the place to start. Forget about some of that <laughs> other stuff that's happened since then. What episode... <laughs> who which was the doctor? I will rewatch every one of those episodes and look for you in the background. Tell me about it
1: that, that's really bad i I should know the doctor and i'm <laughs> I, I feel like a fraud. um I'm trying to remember the the woman's name because I can picture her in my head um and I remember like finding out some things at the time that like we weren't supposed to know just because I hear the actors and actresses you know um during their scenes and I was like oh that's cool but I remember that I was just one of the extras and I was super young and there was a group of children and they had to, they were in a Dalek scene and so we were made aware that this Dalek wouldn't move it was just like a static just a prop and they, they start rolling and obviously, usually they, they film and they film again. There are so many takes before they get the one they really want. And they hit, they start rolling and then this Dalek moves and all the kids freaked out and started screaming and like it terrified us. We were traumatized. There's definitely some therapy after that. Um, but they only wanted the one take because they wanted our natural, raw, terrified reactions. So it was a very like quick, in and out scene we had other scenes too um that day which took more time but that one was such a quick one and they were like okay break for lunch they're, they're all you know adequately terrified
0: well caitlin may if you're not looking at the excitement on my face that you were in a doctor who uh, picture a, an episode of doctor who and for those out there that aren't whovians doctor who is a beloved character in England, in the UK, and, and I, I wouldn't know. Uh, do you, do you call yourself from the UK, from England, from the United Kingdom? Uh, Caitlin May, school me.
1: I say from the UK, but I am from Wales. Most of my musical appearances, where I was playing um, shows myself. so I was, I was mostly. In England, when I was playing my shows, but then growing up, I started off in the musical theatre world, and that was a different thing altogether. I did used to go to London for a lot of auditions, but a lot of my shows would actually be in Wales because there there was definitely more of a scene for musical theatre kids than there were for country kids. In fact, it took me up until I want to say 18 years old, which I think was around lockdown and COVID for me to find a country music community in the UK before that, there really was nothing out there or at least nothing that I knew existed. And then the lockdown happened, everything moved online and suddenly I realized there were people in the UK, just like me, pursuing a music career in the country genre. So I was like, wow, this existed all along. It was just very much underground.
0: Well, Caitlin May, you say 18. That's like yesterday, really. But, uh, you know, you're from Wales. That is a very different place from England. And I know England and Wales have had their conflicts, their uh, their troubles over the years. Do you do you know any of that history, and is any of that history still affecting the people of Wales? I, I and can anybody still speak Welsh in Wales?
1: They can, um, not so much in South Wales, which is where I'm from. I mean, there are some people, um, and then I think it's North Wales that a lot of people speak Welsh, and they they do not take kindly to the fact that we cannot speak Welsh in South Wales. Um, and I'm sure there are many rivalries, you know, deep seated for lots of different reasons between England and Wales. There are none that have really affected me in the relationships that I've built with people, you know, from England or who live in England. But it's I've I've heard some stories, and honestly, I wish I could recount them better. But the crazy thing is that when you're in high school and you're learning history and you're in history lessons. They very rarely talk about the history of where we're from. It's always where you know it's somewhere else in the world, uh, and then somewhere else in the world they're learning about our history, which is crazy.
0: Well, you know what's troublesome about that, and I I don't know if that is completely right. I think that a lot of the history is getting erased. Uh, it's getting you washed know- over. Uh, well, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll uh, fast forward for a second, and then I want to go back. I know that you've made the trip over to Nashville to the south, the deep south. And that <laughs> history is uh, is being erased. As we speak, there's statues and, and, uh, and parchments being burned and torn down. So there's a, a lot of turmoil there. But let me back up to Wales. I'm kind of interested in Wales. Only thing I know about Wales is Catherine Zeta-Jones and Tom Jones. Those are my two Welsh. Uh- uh, Ted Yeah,
1: Yeah, I know that that people always say that beautiful voices come from Wales and and that Welsh is the um, language of song. So that's beautiful. And it does always sound very much like a song when people are speaking the Welsh language. I wish I could speak a little more um, just to show you. But it is a beautiful language. And um, yeah, yeah, I think we I am proud of our history. And I wish that there was a little more I could share that I think would be accurate. Um, But I do love hearing it. And I think I've been very lucky because I've done a lot of traveling. So I've been able to be immersed in different cultures. And that's where my love of country music came from, was traveling back and forth between the UK and the US. And knowing from a very young age that I wanted to make the USA my home someday, and I actually wanted that day to be, very much then in the moment. I was two years old, my first time in the states, and wow. I, I was like, "I don't want to leave. Why are we leaving?"
0: <laughs> so, so, do you have but that? Me- that do you have that one phrase in Welsh that you can say?
1: I always say one of the first things um, that pops into my head is "shamai," because that just means "hi." It's just like a a, a greeting, just well, like I- a very laid back. Oh, hey. How are you doing? I guess it has a couple different meanings, but it's it's just a yeah, a, a, just a quick greeting.
0: Well, I was born there and raised are- in, in Miami in the Florida Keys. It's a very tourist uh, type of town. Kind of like Nashville, you know, a lot of tourists go through. So I- in the hospitality of it all, you have to learn how to say hello and goodbye in about 20 different languages. So good to know, Shamai. Hey, I could say hello. But are you uh are are, are you currently in Nashville, but somewhere on a on a motorcycle uh, racetrack, because I heard something outside rumbling.
1: Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we are right right onto the street. So every car that goes by just likes to say hello. It likes to say "Shamai," Sham- and, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I am in Nashville right now, though.
0: <laughs> Fantastic, Shamai. <laughs> that's track- a song right there. Track- that's the beginning of a song, especially uh, written. Yeah and produced well written by you but you know i want to i want to thank the people of uh, of dream dream music group for putting this together it's been um it's been exciting it's been good to watch you as you as you're on your journey i i guess i came to to know of you and about you maybe a year maybe 2 years ago um, when i started to you know see you come up on my video screen and i was who is this person uh, and you know as I as I've, I've learned more about you Matt you are a star on the rise and I'm gonna say another uh, another cliche you're like a, a rocket ship that's on the pad and they're doing the countdown and you're ready to get s- soaring into the stratosphere you're you know five four three two the countdown is on and you're about to head out there you're there's a lot of people that already know about you and I'm excited about that. The UK loves you. I'm sure of it. Uh, but uh, now you are breaking in. And you've been, what, in Nashville about a year now?
1: No. So I've actually been doing a lot of traveling back and forth between the UK and you and the US, primarily Nashville, since May of 2022, which was kind of when the world for us in the UK, it opened up a little bit more, um, especially travel wise, because there was a quite a long period there where only diplomats could travel to uh, to the States. And I was not one of those. So unfortunately, I couldn't travel. But um, as soon as I could, I headed to Nashville. It was the first place. And it was very, very quickly after we knew we could fly again and I fell in love with Nashville just the way that I knew I would I already knew I loved it and uh, I loved it even more than I thought possible I didn't want to leave but of course I had to go back and you know get a lot of things in order Um, and I got to Nashville end of July beginning of August and I had some things that were in the works and lots of new music that was going to be coming out. And then back a good few, a good few weeks ago. Now time just going crazy. Um, I went to Italy to play a festival, which I absolutely loved being a part of. And then I flew back to Nashville after that.
0: That's the Na- Nashville meets Montesi. Is that it? Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, It is. Well, it, you are well traveled more, much more well traveled than i am i guess um uh, i'm i'm more of the uh, of the elvis type of traveling he never went out of the united states and canada as famous as he was and i'm i'm very partial to memphis wow. as well and the uh, the glory of elvis i have a key to the heartbreak hotel that I stayed at right across from Graceland. I know that's a few hours away from you. My mother is now living. She moved away from the Florida Keys, and she's living just a little bit south of Nashville. The only time I've ever been through Nashville is on 55. I've never taken the, or 40, I guess, uh, 40 going through Nashville. I've never taken the time to stop and visit. I've heard so many good things about Nashville, and I'm glad you're there. But tell me about Two years old, a two-year-old Caitlin May. How did you get to the States? Who brought you?
1: So my mom and dad bought a holiday home, a villa in Florida when I was two. And we would fre- frequent there, especially for Christmas. It was our family tradition to spend Christmas there. And that was when I was first exposed to the States. And I loved everything about it. I know that we did... A lot of things like going to the parks and some of the tourist things, but we quickly just almost became like locals because we made so many friends, especially in the gated community we were in. And we loved our neighbors so much. And in the end, we were some of the people who had actually been there the longest. So a lot of people had moved away and then a lot more people had moved into these houses and we were just there for maybe... 12 or 13 years before my parents decided to sell the house and it it felt like we lost a little piece of ourselves because it was a slice of heaven i loved it there and and i still do and i hope that someday i can go back and visit the house maybe and i think they still rent it out which is what we did we we would go there and when we weren't there we would rent it out and i think they possibly still do that so maybe I could actually go back and check it out someday and see how much it's changed.
0: Well, you piqued my interest again, Caitlin May. What part of Florida were you in?
1: Was Haines
0: City? Never heard of it. I've I've lived in Florida my whole life until it's, I was uh, in my forties, uh, and I don't know Haines City. How about
1: that? I think it's like a forty-minute drive to like Universal and or or Disney or one of the two. Um, so it's it's pretty close, but still far enough away to kind of immerse yourself in other things and other parts of Florida.
0: Now, what's funny is South Florida is very uh, populous, very populated. It's dense. Uh, But the central Florida, where I think uh, that Haines City is, is more rural. You could see uh, horses and Mm -hmm. cows and and cowboys. And I did watch that video uh, about two (laughs) years ago where you were talking about your cowboy. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, You're... You're you cowboy in, in Nashville. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, you're two years old. You're you're in you're in Florida. I know. I know. I know. I'm foreshadowing. I'm really. I think I'm spoiling things uh, for uh, for the next few minutes. But um, fl- your parents sold that. You went back to the UK, but you had a longing still. Even at two years old, you still had a, an idea that you wanted to get back to the to the colonies, if you will. Uh, get a, get back across the yeah. pond. Uh, wait, do you do? You, do the English still call us yanks and colonies?
1: <laughs> I, I really don't know. Possibly, I certainly don't, but <laughs> they might.
0: Okay, cuz uh, yeah. Hey, uh, let's go visit those yanks over there. The colonies? No way. I wouldn't go there. I I've, I've seen that in, in TV shows. It's probably just for for drama and fun, I suppose. And it's all in jest. I I, I know that we're we're great allies and and I'm I'm glad that that things uh, have uh, have cooled as far as our uh, rivalries, but I'm so I, I'm so yeah. m- much more interested in school. You're learning how to play guitar. When and what else are you doing in school? That's uh, that's piquing your interest. What other extracurriculars are you into?
1: So, when I was in school, unfortunately, I didn't. because our music teacher in high school was just really not. A very nice lady and she didn't, I don't think she really had a love for teaching and it came across and so I didn't really feel comfortable. I actually learned no instruments in high school and then fast forward to lockdown which is when I picked up a guitar for the first time and I learned to play. Um, But I did, I did do some extracurricular activities in high school. I would do sports but then I was also a little accident prone so I would break bones relatively frequently and then have to sit out of sports and um high school was definitely not my my best time because I I was bullied in high school and that was mostly because I did music and even then it was a full-time career for me when I wasn't in school I was doing music Um, And I actually left in the middle of my first year exams, which is the most important time to to really have a support system. And then I was homeschooled, which I didn't really have any time to fully process before I was in the middle of it. So that was another crazy experience. But I think, you know, it's all sent to try us. And and that's what makes us realize how strong we are.
0: Don't those bullies know they shouldn't bully a songwriter because they're going to get a song written about them. Uh, yeah it's all fodder yeah all, all the experiences that you have in your whole life the power the magic that you have is you can put it to paper put some notes on them and uh and make a melody out of it and put some words to it and make a song out of it and make those people famous whether they like it or not for being terrible
1: yeah and what i say is if they did it if it happened if it's something you experienced then it's fair game you can write about
0: it. <laughs> yeah, that's what the kids say. Put them
1: on blast. <laughs> exactly, expose them. They've been exposed.
0: That's right. <laughs> well, and, and and you're not necessarily hurting them physically, but you're letting them know that uh, what they did was wrong. And uh, say no to bullying. You know, the circle, circle with the, with the with the line through it. Say no to bullying. That kind of thing. But uh, no, exactly. I, but exactly. I I I hate that you and got I bullied know. and it, and I- it got you out of school but you got homeschooled. Did your mom or your dad do it or, or who was uh, doing the schooling?
1: I did it because my parents have their own business and that takes up, you know, 100% of their time as well. On top of the fact that they also supported my career as an independent artist wholeheartedly. So that was another full-time job. Um, And they couldn't take on teaching me as well. The high school didn't want to offer any support, so they said no to a tutor. So I actually went to a shop and I bought all of the material that I needed to be my own teacher. And I taught myself and then I I actually didn't have as long as everybody else to revise for my exams because I'd already missed some of my exams from the first year because I was removed right in the middle of exam season. And then the following year or the following academic year when I'd been removed, this was after the summer that we, you know, we have off, um, we were told by some people who were also being homeschooled or home tutored, not to go straight to the education authority, um, because they would just put you straight back in school and say that you can't be outside of school. And my parents knew I wasn't safe there. So we were looking at alternative routes. And it actually ended up being very late in the game when we found out that I could teach myself I could still take those exams so I was very much behind and rather than a five-hour school day I mean we it was six but an hour of that was lunch um rather than a five-hour work day I would revise for like nine ten hours a day just to catch up and um and then I would also still be playing shows and gigging and and doing everything music related so I really had not a lot of time on my hands. And I still took all of my exams. A lot of people who were homeschooled or home tutored narrowed it down to just the very basic curriculum, which was often just English and maths, sometimes Welsh, because that was our language. But I decided that I wanted to go ahead and take every single exam, you know, all the subjects that I would have taken if I was in high school, because I didn't want to come out of that experience with less behind me than what all the other all, all my other peers had behind them going forward
0: that sounds like an incredible work ethic that's going to take you through your whole life and if you put a, half that effort into your songwriting uh, you know this is something that you you had to have gleaned this from your from your parents because you say they both work hard what kind of work are they into and what did you learn from them
1: so my dad is actually a carpenter and he has his own business called craft whales and it's become a family business because my mum actually does admin there and she kind of keeps the whole ship afloat she is the glue to our family um but for a long time my dad had this business and he had somebody else in the office and we also were full time foster carers so we had little babies and toddlers and often their parents or, or their their mum so we did mum and baby placements where my mum's primary job would be to try and teach them what it was to be a good parent. And, you know, there were lots of different reasons why they were in foster care. Sometimes they were very young as a parent themselves and they just needed extra support. Other times they were in abusive relationships and they needed to get away from that and have a safe haven or or just didn't know how to look after a child. And sometimes not even how to look after themselves. There were so many different backstories. And I loved it because it that was my whole childhood growing up, that we would have mothers and babies and these families come in and out of, of our lives. And it was very chaotic and lively and bustling in our house all the time. It was never quiet. And I loved it because... I was always such an extrovert and I'd with and share my stories with and and play with when I was a child. They would be trying to feed the baby and I'd be like, let's play a board game or let's play hide and seek. (laughs) That's not helpful. But um, I I loved it. I also loved being able to take care of the babies too. And I think it, it just gives you so much life experience before you've even hit adulthood. And I think... My parents are to thank for everything that I've learned.
0: Well, first of all, I love that your dad's a carpenter, someone who can work with his hands, that can build things, that can make things. I don't yeah. build things anymore. I talk into air a lot. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a mobile DJ and I, I work on the radio and I do a lot of podcasts. I, d- I don't know if I make anything that's worthwhile. When I was younger, I used to hammer, you know, a, ha- a nail into wood and screw things in and and. Build things with with uh, you know concrete and steel. I, I used to have so much fun doing that. I need to get back into that. So yes, big ups to your dad. Now the other thing, foster care. Oh my goodness, what a different kind of experience that, to foster care than I've ever heard of before. Uh, my best friend in the whole world, John Canada. He's been on this podcast. Look for it. Okay, uh, he has been in, in foster care. In fact, so much that that they adopted the two kids the two last kids that they were fostering, they went ahead and adopted them. But his experience with dot foster care and probably the, the few others that I've heard of have primarily been the babies, the children only, but you say your mom was teaching, helping to teach the parents how to be parents. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know, so in some cases there was an external element that meant that baby still in, um, ultimately went up for adoption and the parents didn't get to keep the baby. But there were lots of success stories too where they did get to keep the baby and it was so beautiful to watch them leave and, and thrive and flourish and and just become in, just incredible parents and some of some of the scenarios where they didn't get to keep the baby wasn't always because they weren't capable as mothers but it was because they didn't maybe want to leave an abusive partner and it was not a safe environment for the child there were so many different elements that came into it and you know We were always really sad to watch them go, even if even if they were leaving as a family unit, because we would miss them living with us. But even more so if they were being separated and the baby was going to a new home and that parent was going to have to grieve for a child who was still here, but just couldn't be in their arms anymore.
0: Well, so many boys and, you know, so many girls and boys, you know, play with dolls. Although my my dolls, I call them action figures. G.I. Joe. Okay. Uh, you have to stay masculine, I suppose. But um, no, you had the, yeah. the opportunity to, to play with real living human beings and take care of them. That's a big responsibility for a young lady, for a young person. Uh, I, I commend you for that. Uh, for sure. All of them uh, made it out safely. I, I, I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm going to, I'm going to say they all made it out alive. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: thankfully i would i would actually this is when i was in primary school or elementary school i think in the u.s i would actually get my mum to wake me up so that i could do the nightly feeds with the babies so then i'd have the baby in my arms and i'd be feeding the, the baby because sometimes you would give respite to the parents so they would get to have a full night's sleep and you would wake up with the baby and do the feeds and rock them back to sleep and You know, I I loved doing that and I really felt like a part of something bigger than me. And I think sometimes as a child, you don't always get the opportunity to exercise responsibility until suddenly you're an adult and people say, okay, now you need to, to be an adult. How? Yesterday I was still a child and today I'm an adult. But luckily... I, I had that. I was exposed to that from a very young age. And my parents never expected me to take on the, that role or to take on those tasks. But I really wanted to.
0: Yeah, Often people get thrust into situations and you either sink or swim, metaphorically speaking, of course, <laughs> unless you get thrown into the ocean, then it's sink or swim. I understand. So, uh, but you you kind of uh, let it out. You You went to school in the States as well. So was this... Were you living back and forth or, or was y- your your schooling was all in England?
1: My schooling was all in in the UK yeah I never went to school in the states although I really wish that I did because I think the support for the arts is just widely known as as a lot just a lot more encouraged than it is in the UK or at least in in the schools that I went to it it was maybe maybe more sciences and mathematics and becoming a teacher or becoming something they considered more practical. And me wanting to be a singer-songwriter and an artist and go on tour and share my music with the world was quite a strange occupation to pretty much anybody I came in contact with. <laughs>
0: well, I guess primarily there's two ways to parent. You could either be a gardener or a, or a carpenter and the, the carpenter yeah. will hammer... A child into into a, a position. Uh, you're going to be a teacher. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a psychiatrist. You're going to be what, whatever path they want you to be. You're going to be carpentered into that. Or you can be a gardener and give people all the tools. Okay, uh, you you're interested in dancing? Fine, learn how to dance. Singing? Fine. Basket weaving? Fine. You know you can try all these different things. And, uh, and then you'll have all the tools in your tool belt, once again, metaphorically speaking, uh, to, to to go on into the world. Uh, do you feel that your parents were, were carpenters putting you on a, on a path, or were they gardeners giving you different interests?
1: I don't think they were gardeners, and I've never heard it put that way before, but that's so beautiful, and... I'm lucky that they were gardeners because there were definitely a lot of other elements that came into it where if that was the only if that was the only support and advice that I was being given I might have gone down a very different path but my parents always wanted me and my siblings to just follow our hearts and not listen to every, to all the noise there's a lot of noise and everybody thinks that they deserve to have a say or a finger in your pie, you know? So it's just that this is my pie. And if I want it to be a cherry pie, or if I want it to be, it'll be whatever pie I want it to be. And that was my parents. That was what they encouraged. And when I said music is my path, and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, they said, then let's do it. We're going to be here behind you every step of the way to support you, encourage you and pick you up when you fall down and, you know, Celebrate all the successes along the way. So they really were the perfect parents, and still are to this day.
0: Well, it still sounds like mom and dad still know best, and you probably glean, t- still ask them for advice from time to time. Now, when you're a young I, person, when before you're 18 years old, or before you you have a driver's license, uh, a lot of times the parents have to be stage parents. So who was uh, who was in charge of taking you uh, to different gigs or different open mics or? karaoke shows or you know whatever to to get what what were your first instances uh, your forays into the music business getting out there and showing off what you could do
1: so we were very very close as a family and we liked to do pretty much everything together whether we were going to the movies or whether we were all in my dad's, well, my parents' factory unit and, and we were all putting things together and boxing things up and shipping them out. So when it came to all of my shows, my parents were really the dream team because they, my dad would drive and my dad would set the equipment up and he'd also be the sound guy. He'd wear a million hats and my mum was often the one booking the shows and dealing with absolutely everything behind the scenes including helping me with um keeping an online presence going because that can sometimes be daunting and a, a huge workload and she will post the same as me she you know i have admin now on my pages but you know once upon a time it was just me and her trying to make it happen and and especially when I was very young I never posted to social media and that was all my mum it took a little while and and for me to really leave high school to put and I left high school earlier than my peers because of the homeschooling but to really throw myself into that side of things too because you kind of have to learn to be a little bit of a marketing genius and put so many different hats on. It's
0: crazy. Well, now you're giving people gems. You're letting them know that you cannot do it all by yourself. You can get to a certain level, but then you need help. You need a team. And I'm glad that you had your parents. Uh, you know, the, uh, <laughs> a, a, a solo musician needs a good sound person and, a good uh, booking agent. That's fantastic. You had two in your own family right at the, that close proximity. I, I guess the other thing would be a, a photographer or a videographer because once you're doing this gig, yes, I've got this gig. What I need is somebody to take pictures and take videos of me at this gig so I can get the next gig because it's always a hustle it, it uh, you know and did you have someone taking taking those videos
1: I was actually very lucky to have a family friend who's also a photographer and he became my official photographer for all my releases he would sometimes come to my live shows and then he started sponsoring me and he still does to this day and he's incredible he um owns the company unique photography services he's amazing um, and he actually said he would like to dabble in videography a little bit too. I did have go-to videographers I used for my music videos, but a lot of the time I didn't have uh, the, the privilege of having had the occasional videographer come along or sometimes just been lucky enough that they've been there. So I have had footage over the years of these live performances to document them.
0: Well, at least over the last four years, you've you've really been uh, documenting and really been uh, diving headfirst into this business we call show and going. Uh, OK, you started off as the usual way, uh, doing a, a few karaoke shows in your in your living room. And I'm guessing that that's your mom in the video helping you to record the blonde that's in there.
1: Wait, say that again, in which video was Well, it?
0: there's a music video. I guess you're singing a Miranda Lambert song, maybe in your living room. And is, is that your, your mother helping you to record gunpowder and lead? Uh, probably, I know, I'm, I'm going back about four years ago. My oh, there's, there's two ladies there um, in that video. But uh, I, 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 I don't know who the other one is. But they're, it's nice to have people that are helping you along the way, helping you to achieve your goal that That's amazing. And me, okay, selfish me being a a video jockey, a video DJ for the longest time ever since music videos came out and I had the ability to to take a a tape of a video and another tape of a video and have two video recorders uh, and play play one and then slide into another. And then slide into another, and then slide into another. That's the way the the early days of, of video DJ back in the nineties. That's back in the nineteen hundreds for you kids out there. Uh, you know, we were we were playing music videos. But I see you've taken the time to make some videos. You have at least at least three, maybe four. Oh yes, uh, quite a few more. And one thing that you've done that is probably going to help you. Forever and ever, as long as as long as you live, and as long as you want to do this music, this music business, you made a Christmas song, a candle for Christmas. Caitlin May, that one, uh, Mariah Carey cannot be the only person that gets Christmas every year. There has to be room for other people, and that's one thing that a, a music <laughs> yeah. artist can do to help them have staying power over the years. Because every Christmas, yeah. every holiday season. They're going to be playing A Candle for Christmas by Caitlin May. And then you'll, you'll come back. You'll come back every year. Yes. And that's a, that's a great thing. What made you, what made you uh, do a candle for Christmas? And uh, is that's that's, I don't know that song. Is that something that you wrote?
1: Yeah. So I wrote that one um, myself. That was a solo, write, And I actually wrote two Christmas songs that I released that year. And, One of them, they were two very, very different songs with two very different approaches. So A Candle for Christmas, which is the one that had the music video, was more aimed towards people who felt lonely at Christmas and missed somebody. And it was about somebody who was lost in the military and just trying to to overcome and, and not so much overcome, but live with that trauma and loss because when you lose somebody those are some of the most difficult times Christmas where you want nothing more than to celebrate with them and you don't have that privilege anymore so it was a song for everybody out there who who misses somebody and I also wanted to have something on the other end of the spectrum which was Christmas Kiss and that was just for people who wanted to forget their troubles and wanted to Kind of dance the night or the Christmas season away with with a song like Christmas kiss.
0: So beautiful that and it's amazing that you wrote those because I did take a listen to them and I now I have the feeling of Christmas right before Halloween. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Caitlin May for that. <laughs> All right, I do want to go through uh, I, okay, you did have a video good Ki- good guy facade. It's it's the last video that you have on there. It's eleven months ago, and it's you telling a story about uh, about dating. You want to relay that one?
1: I can definitely relay that one. <laughs> uh, sometimes I I go plan to, but I I still say really to this day that I've never dated or at least never dated on purpose because back a year ago now or almost a year ago, it was October of last year. I was in Nashville and I met a cowboy who referred to himself as a good looking cowboy, which is, you know, mistake number one. Um, And we met up, which I thought was as friends and it wasn't. And I, I, I get there and turns out that it's a date and 20 minutes into this date that I didn't even know I was going on, he proposed to me and, you know, things become a little awkward at that point. And (laughs) so I, I had to say no, which he wasn't angry about, but just looked a little crestfallen over. And, you know, we had to swiftly move on from that conversation and then we ended up getting an Uber back to his car because Nashville and parking so it was going to be a very long walk and we're in the Uber and then he asks me to be his girlfriend in front of the Uber driver who then starts to put a little pressure on me and I'm thinking I don't even know where we're going. We could be going somewhere very secluded where it's just him and I and I've already said no to his marriage proposal. If I say no to this, does this guy have anger issues? I don't know. I don't know him. So I thought I'll say yes. I go back to the UK in a week and I'll break up with him and it'll be okay. And that is what I did. So I said, yes, he was okay. And later on, he dropped me back to my hotel. And I said to my parents, I I have a boyfriend by accident (laughs) somehow. And I'm going to break up with him in a week. But I just needed to say that out loud because it sounds crazy and it was crazy to them too. Cause I'd always said, I don't really want to date until I'm 30 and I still feel the same, but that was just a little taste of maybe what dating is. And if so, then I don't want to date until I'm 40 because I have, I'm, I'm over it and it hasn't even begun yet.
0: Yes. I know <laughs> how boys are. That's why I don't date them. No. And these are the pitfalls of being a young lady on your own in a strange Uh, town Uh, these okay back in my grandpa's day he would ask out his uh, you know probably my now grandma you know ask out that lady until she submitted and said okay okay i'll go out with you i i hope that the dating scene has gotten better than that you're supposed to to court a little bit become friends and yes that whole date don't date till you're 30 i fully agree with that stay in school Get your career in order. Do the things that you want to do. You're made of rubber in your 20s. You can fall down get back up again. By the time you're 30, start thinking about settling down. Possibly. You're not too old to have yeah. children, if that's what you decide to do. You're not too young to where your brain yeah. hasn't hasn't fully formed. And you're, you're able to, yes, uh, I think you're on the right path that way. I've, I've kidded. I, I've done a lot of children's parties. And a lot of sweet, sweet 16s and quinceañeras. And one of the jokes that I say is uh, don't date until you're 30. Date after you're married.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually think, I mean, obviously, I don't know what dating was like years ago, but I think may, it could have gotten worse because now we have social media and a lot of it is online, which I really sometimes think makes things a lot more difficult. And personally, I... I wouldn't want that. I think it's nice to meet somebody the natural way and you'll know when, you know, you'll know. And I I just think when you think you're meeting up with somebody as a friend and they think you're meeting up with them as a potential wife, then somewhere along the way, you clearly got your wires crossed. I think think, (laughs) people need to say exactly what they want. So, if they didn't want a friendship, and if friendship is not something they would ever want, that should definitely be discussed ahead of the proposal. Because that was 20 minutes into having a conversation with him. We'd never had a conversation before. And suddenly, he's talking about us getting married. And he says, even if it's not romantically inclined right now, the love can grow. And and you're whoa, how did we go from strangers to married with three kids in your head and a white picket fence? In 20 minutes. Well, that,
0: <laughs> I don't know. That, that situation was red flag after red flag after red flag after red flag. Yes, uh, uh, that wasn't the, the uh, that, that was an experience. Hopefully you turned that into a song. Wrote a song about it. Here go. <laughs> and that's the good guy I, facade. I did,
1: yeah in fact good guy facade was the first of it of many of its kind about this one cowboy because unfortunately for him he picked the wrong girl to take on a date that she didn't know about and proposed to because he is the only inspiration that I now have for dating because he's the only person I've ever dated and I don't plan on dating for a while so he he really did make a big mistake there and the opening line to good guy facade is hey good looking cowboy which is what he calls himself.
0: <laughs> so. Well, I mean, one of the pitfalls of being oh. famous, which is where where you're heading, is uh, that people will think that they know you because they've heard you in their ears, they've seen you on television programs. I want to fi- find that Doctor Who. I, I want to find that episode. Uh, you know, but uh, you know they've they've know. seen you. They've they've seen you online. They've seen you on their Instagram feed. They've seen you on their TikTok feed and Twitch. There's one that I cannot figure out what is going on with Twitch. I I, I just added you on Twitch, so uh, hopefully we both get some benefit out of that. But you're you're putting things out there the way that you should be doing, you know, to get your brand, uh, you know, built up. It's the way that that the, the way of the world right now is we have to be out on social media so that way people remember where our shows are and who we are and and maybe purchase our wares. You know, here's a song I wrote. It, maybe you'll like it, you know.
1: Maybe.
0: Yeah. Did I lose you? Oh, I
1: think I'm losing
0: him. No, I think you're still there.
1: Oh, I think it's back.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I was starting to uh, wax uh, wax philosophic, but but I probably went out there. But I'm I'm you know what we're supposed to be doing is uh, is putting ourselves out there on social media so they remember who we are, where we're going to be. Maybe they'll purchase our songs or a T-shirt. You know, key, key, maybe you'll make some money doing this thing that you love so much uh, so you don't have to to go do a job that might have been your second option you know stay with this first option have you had any do- joe jobs growing up uh, a lot of kids uh, do jobs uh, have you have you had any any regular joe jobs as you were growing up or or is this the only thing you've been doing
1: so i always wanted to work so from a very young age i of course was my mom's little helper with fostering um, but then I actually worked for a, a mascots company or like a princess and mascots company where I would dress up. I was a child myself, but I would dress up for children's birthday parties. And that also meant I could implement um, my what I was doing with my music. I could still sing and use my voice, you know, doing that. Um I did I did run a lemonade stand for a while. <laughs> and, then, and then I also worked for my parents' business because I felt that it was a family business and they were helping me with my career. And I wanted to do the same for them in any area that I could. And then for a very short while, I worked for Hollister in the UK. Uh, but that was a little short-lived because logistically, it, it wasn't working out because my travel was accumulating more costs than what I was making there, only being able to work part time due to my age. So it ended up not being worthwhile. But I'm glad that I did it because it just puts things into perspective for you and makes you realize that what you are doing or what I'm doing with my music is what I'm meant to be doing because it doesn't feel like work. What's
0: Hollister? What's Hollister?
1: Hollister is like a popular clothing brand. It's like a trendy, very on-trend clothing store. So, you know, I did used to buy clothes there until I realized I was just doing it because it's what was cool. And actually, I a lot of the clothes I buy now are not from there. Um, most of my stuff is very, very sparkly, which is more of a boutique style.
0: Well, I mean, if Hollister wants to throw you some clothes, I'm not. I'm not against it. Uh, Hollister, please sponsor Caitlin May. Go ahead; <laughs> she'll be your spokesperson. That no, would be amazing. Uh, and I, and the the character work that is fantastic. I I go to a lot of comic cons where I get to DJ, uh, uh, you know, provide the sound, the music, and I see a lot of the characters that come to the comic cons, and a lot of them do those character plays. Now, hey, here's something: Did you? uh, did you do officially licensed characters, or did you do Ice Princess?
1: I actually think they named them the name of the princess, so I assume they they were official characters and they had licensing for that. Um, I hope so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you can go either way. I, I know that uh, that some of the bigger companies that own those uh, properties uh, have have sued the smallest company. You know, the smallest mom and pop. That was trying to go out and just make a couple dollars, maybe, you know, feed themselves that week.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Now, I do want to get to this one big thing that happened back, uh, well, a couple couple, three years ago where you were 17 years old and you got to sing on stage with, with another talent that was maybe at a different level than you were. How did that come to be? Tell the people who that was. So
1: I this so this is Carrie Underwood, and I was actually I'd never been to a concert before. My parents bought tickets for this concert as a birthday surprise, and then they realised that you could audition to perform with her. And they said, well, we can't keep that a secret. She'll kill us if she goes to this concert and then she sees somebody else duetting with Carrie on stage. And she didn't even get the chance to to audition for the opportunity. So they told me a partial um, story behind that that I was going to this concert. There were still some surprises left in store, luckily, but um, I auditioned and I got it, which blew me away and we only found out a couple days before the show and then I performed with her on stage no prior um rehearsal we just got up there and and did it and I had the time of my life it was my biggest audience to date and I loved it I just knew that I wanted to perform in front of crowds that big and bigger and, and just grow as an artist and that this was the life meant for me
0: now this is something that you audition so for. Cuz uh, there's a lot of times where where bands will go, you know, all over the world and maybe they'll go to a place that they're not as well known and they'll find a local artist, a local talent to come with them and maybe open for them so they can bring somebody who's familiar and open up that that area, that that part of the world to themselves. Or I've also heard where people will buy the, into being a part of the show, uh, you pay a thousand dollars and you get to open for X band that has sold millions of records. It, you know, you that is an amazing story that you auditioned. Were you the only person that got to sing on stage with Carrie Underwood that year? That show, uh,
1: that that night, yeah, that um, venue and that on the tour I was the one who sang with her she did have somebody opening up for her that night actually but they didn't do a duet and it was just a phenomenal experience that I'll always think back to and hold in my heart because I just loved every minute of it
0: well I guess if Carrie Underwood is looking to to make fans one at a time there I guess there's there's more uh you know more efficient ways to do it but I think they've made you a she's made you a lifelong fan for sure
1: definitely she is incredible i loved her before that and i still love her now i love all her music and she's got an incredible voice too
0: well i know that you're primarily in the country genre but uh, you do delve into other things your cover of i'll stand by you by the pretenders chrissy hind you you made me cry as much as chrissy hind made me cry that was a fantastic effort who gave you this musical education? Where you go back to when I was a schoolboy? When I was on the bus listening to music on my on my big old uh, uh, jumbo radio set. Uh, what do they <laughs> call it? A uh, boombox. Uh, I forgot what the name of it was, but yes, I had my boombox, and I'm sure "I'll Stand by You" came out of it. Who taught you that song?
1: Thank you so much. And it was definitely my mum who suggested it, and. So I I did it and I loved the song too and she really I think has an ear for songs that she thinks would work with my my tone and my voice and she really thought that would be a good one and I'm glad that she told me about it.
0: Well, no limits, no limits for you, Caitlin May. Rocket ship on the ground, heading for the stratosphere. Well, you had you made a record before and you're you're up with a a new song. Tell me about Seasons Change.
1: So Seasons Change, and we're all born from place of, you know, pain and, and different, different areas of that because there are so many different kinds of pain and, and negativity and negative energy that we sometimes um, feel or is sent our way. And You know, I had a difficult experience in high school with the bullying and Seasons Change, that specific song, was about a person in my past who's no longer a part of my life, even though that, you know, makes me sad. But I also think some people are meant to be in our lives forever and some people are just meant to be in our lives for a season. And unfortunately, she was one of those people.
0: Well, you do have to uh, let in the good and breathe out the bad you know breathe in the good and breathe out the bad it's it's um it's tough to do and let me know when you've mastered that because it's so difficult to keep those negative negativity out of there especially on this social media you're going to be okay don't look at the comments don't look at the comments what are you going to do you're going to look at the comments and you're going to see that one bad comment out of a hundred great comments Okay, don't. How, what was the last thing you heard?
1: Something about comments, but right. I think it broke up before that.
0: Okay, don't look at the comments. Yeah, And what are you going to do? You're going to look at the comments. So 100 great comments. You're wonderful. You look great. You're fantastic. I, I'm impressed by you. And then that one comment, oh, I don't like the way uh, your dress looked. What are you going to dwell on? That one comment. Oh, social media, and you've grown up with it you you know nothing else you you know so but
1: yeah that's true i always felt really lucky because and this sounds strange to say this but my debut ep perspective was all about my relationship with my older sister and that was a very turbulent one and a very difficult one and i always felt that she trained me for the bullying that then followed in high school because i never really felt like they could hurt me the way she did because she knew me on a much more personal level and she'd been there from day one up until you know that, that time in my life where I was in high school experiencing that and you know people would say mean things but often those things are surface level because they don't know enough about you or want to take the time to get to know you to be able to say things that cut as deep as somebody who you know plays a sister role which is what she was and I guess she didn't really play a typical sister role because she she wasn't the sister that I expected um, and that I really longed for, but she was still a sister nonetheless. And I, I really felt like she, she put this armor on me that I then wore into battle, which was high school. Um, and I feel that I came out relatively unscathed just because she taught me what it was like to, to go through hard things and to be treated really badly. Uh, so high school kind of felt like water off a duck's back a little bit, even though it was difficult.
0: Yeah, your family and your friends can be your greatest weakness and your greatest strength all at the same time. Uh, I, I, say that, I say that about my family, and sometimes they take it wrong. I say, you are my greatest weakness because I don't want anything to happen to you but you're my greatest strength because you build me yep. up and that's what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, you know, hey, I have a brother like that too. Yep. I fight with him like crazy. And look, I love the guy. He's always going to be my brother. I love the guy, okay? But um, I know I've taken a lot of your time and I hope that we've covered all the things that you wanted to cover, or at least, you know, scratch the surface. I know you have a new, that new song, Seasons Change, comes out Friday the 13th. So I better put this up real quick so people know to go find that song. But where do they find you, Caitlin May?
1: So they can find me across all social media platforms at Caitlin May Music. And yeah, the EP comes out this Friday. I'm so excited. There's one unreleased track on there that nobody's heard. The other three were released as teams. It's available to pre-order and pre-save ahead of Friday. Um, but I know that's fast approaching and I'm just excited for the songs to be theirs and to be out into the world
0: friday the 13th oh my goodness it's scary it's scary Uh, what do you think about halloween do you dress up
1: i do i'm actually currently looking into a costume um from t- toy story so jesse so i don't have to wear a wig so i could just plant my hair and put on a cowboy hat um but i'm trying to find an outfit so that's my my priority
0: <laughs> oh and, and one final thing before we get out of here is um you were an athlete in school do you still have an exercise regimen i
1: wish i could say that i did i you know, sometimes I still work out, um, but I'm, I'm somebody who will like get into it and work out like crazy for eight weeks and then not work out for eight months, which doesn't really get you anywhere. Um, but I do love ice cream and chocolate and all things sweet, which is probably also not helping. I'm um, a little bit of a coffee addict, but along the way, somewhere in there, I work out every now and again.
0: <laughs> well, no, that's the kind I of personality, better, a, so. a creative personality can put themselves wholeheartedly. It's kind of an, a, like an addictive personality. You could be songwriting, 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 playing song, yeah. playing music, playing, working out, working out, working out. You know, if you get addicted to something, make it something good. And And it looks like you have a lot of good yeah. things that you're addicted to. You're addicted to the big crowd, the roar of the crowd, the energy that you get from them when mm. you're playing your song—I feel it. When you were, at, uh, you know, in at Carrie Underwood, and yes, you could find that, my loyal listener. You could find that on your YouTube page, and all those links are going to be in the show notes right down there. So go click them and follow Caitlin May. Be the next stalker because yeah, that's such a an an accurate word. Wow, <laughs> no, uh, and I was finish these. Oh, um, do you want to give it, do you want to give some shout outs to people that have helped you along the way? I know you, you gave a shout out to your photographer and maybe your videographer and your mom and dad, of course, but, give some shout outs to people that have helped you along the way.
1: Definitely a huge official shout out to my parents. They, they're a huge inspiration to me every day and such a huge support, mm-hmm. a huge shout out to unique photography and my, my um, photographer, Steve and his family, because I love them and they they are like family, uh, a huge shout out to Kim too, who is my manager of dream music group. And he's incredible. He's a huge part of my journey and, last but not least a huge huge shout out to my dreamers they're all so incredible and i just hope they're on this journey with me forever wouldn't be the same without them
0: i love that you have a name for your group uh, all of the major artists have names for their groups the monsters the yes that you have names you have dreamers they're out there oh so okay i always finish these things off with last words for the people this could be la- um I don't want this to be the last time that we talk as time progresses and you have other things to promote. Come on back and we'll chit chat for a little bit more. But um, I finished these things off with last words to the people. It could be words to live by, something you heard a long time ago, maybe a mantra that you wake up with every morning or whatever pops into your head at this moment in time. Caitlin May, give the last words for the people.
1: So I live by, you know, just being myself. And I think it's so important that everybody knows that you are enough. So you should wake up every morning and look at yourself in the mirror and like the person that you see. And if you're at a point in your life where you don't feel that way, definitely embark on that journey because it's so important. And last but not least, remember that the seasons do change. So how you feel today, tomorrow.
0: Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I knew it was going to be good. I didn't know it was going to be that good. (laughs) My loyal listener, you have heard Caitlin May. She is a star on the rise, already a star, really, but just rising higher and higher and higher. I see great things. Caitlin May, I mean, you're going to be, you're starting off in that country, but I, I know that you can do pretty much anything you want, pretty much anything you want. And when you go to a Caitlin May show, you're going to get a good show. You know, I've seen a lot of the videos on your YouTube page. Uh, There are videos of you at various functions with uh, Caitlin May and the band. So I'm sure you'll find a a good group of people to back you up in Nashville, Music City if you will. And um, there'll be more and more shows. And not just in Nashville, but beyond. All over this great planet of ours. I expect to see Caitlin May, and everybody knowing the name, Caitlin May. Super. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for being on the the What Makes You Famous program. I appreciate that so much. Uh, I'm humbled uh, that you chose to talk to me today. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. Now, if you, yes, you, my loyal listener, if you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386. Or email KeysDan at AOL.com. That's it for me. It's KeysDan, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag what Makes you famous. Follow on Facebook at WhatMakesYouFamous. Follow on Instagram at WhatMakesYouFamous. Follow on Twitter at MakesFamous. And follow on YouTube at keys dan leave what makes you famous podcast to review and subscribe listen to what makes you famous podcasts on podbean itunes youtube stitcher google Podcasts, and spotify and almost anywhere you find podcasts tell your story on my podcast what makes you famous Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash KeysDan. What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of Keys Dan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Radio What, the music you want with some words to live by when in doubt just take the next small step a public service message from radio Dot com. the music you want tweet tweet yo follow radio what on twitter at radio what twit tweet tweet yo